The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. The place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. I am Brian Scott Rippey. On the other end, it's Greg the Meat Sharp. Hope everyone is well with you. This is your hope. Everything is well with you. I can't talk this week. This is another edition of Fresh Cuts. Hope everyone is enjoying the weekend. Maybe it's Friday morning. Maybe it's Friday afternoon. Where you're at, I, I don't know. Hope you're enjoying a cold one, preparing your card for the weekend. This is a great slate of NFL games last week. Great sports weekend last week. The Masters. The early slate that was like crappy but turned out to be okay, and then a fantastic late slate. It was awesome. I'm jacked up mostly for. I'll, I'll explain why I'm jacked up in a second. What's up, dude? Oh man, uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, it was. Uh, we love sports, so I mean, it was a good weekend for sports. So um, good to be back in the saddle, and uh, yeah, we had a good little, uh, decent little week. Uh, and uh, speaking of cold beverage, I just got this guy. Got to get up and to get down milk, coffee, stout. It, uh, just got that at the uh, the new gas station on the exit. And man, that's I don't know if you like milk stouts, but uh, that's a that's a it's a really good beer. I like a lot of different kinds of beer. I don't really hate a lot of different. I don't really hate very many kinds of beer at all, honestly. And like, I can't drink like a ton of a lot of like the craft beer stuff, you know what I mean? But I do enjoy, I do enjoy tasting it. I actually got assigned a story when I was working at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. 
to, uh, to follow this guy around for a couple of weeks that was a uh, kind of like the beer connoisseur of the Southeast. His name, I can't remember the guy's name, but it, I kind of learned more about it through that and kind of got into it for a while after that. But yeah, that uh, that does sound pretty solid. I've actually joined you. I pulled uh, a very aged bottle. Uh, I think this was like kind of one of those hidden things during the Prohibition. I've been waiting a while to open this. It's a uh, Coors Light. <laughs> you know, I'm a big. Uh, I'm a, actually a. I'm a yellow, it's age. yellow jacket. I'm a yellow jacket fan, so I like the the Coors uh, stubby uh, bottle beers. That's the banquet I'm beer. I like oh, that. Yeah. I like the uh, so heavy. But no, I'm uh, I'm joining you on this fine Thursday evening as we record and sipping a Coors Light per uh, usual, I guess per se. But we did good last week. We did real good. I uh. So we both went three and two in the college. We didn't do so well in the SEC. There were only three games. Ole Miss saved me from going zero and three. You went two and one, and I lied when I told you the results. You went five and one in college, and I went four and two. So I actually lied the first before the recording. Told you the results. You went five and one in college, Greg, or four and one. Excuse me, I'm getting it confused because you know it finally happened. COVID finally claimed. This show. Do you know what happened? What uh, what happened? So you know, last week we we threw we sprinkled in a couple of wild card games because there was only three um, oh, yeah. three SEC games we had. So the last one I threw in, I was like, "This is for all you degenerates out there. We'll go Pac-12 after dark." UCLA Utah. Well, after we recorded that game, got canceled on a Friday, and UCLA actually played Cal. So we actually bet a game that never happened. So that's a win in my book. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we need all the wins we can get on this uh, 2020, you know. So we would definitely take that as a win. But we did, we did really well last week. So you went five and one or four and one in the college games that we did, and I went three and two. That's what it was. You went seven and five in the NFL, so that's a twelve and six record, and your locks were three and one. And then I went nine and three in the NFL and five and zero oh in my locks last week. How about that? Did uh, was there a solar eclipse recently? What the hell happened? I mean, the the moon and the stars were aligned. You know, we got a hell. Uh, I hit a five game uh, parlay with a with a hail mary uh, from Kyler Murray to uh, to. Uh, to Hopkins, so uh, I mean, yeah, the moon and the stars were aligned, so you can't can't complain whenever uh, whenever that happens. So yeah, uh, you know, this is a good uh, time for the Ducktails emoji, where he jumps in the big old coin, and swims around, and uh, and spits out the money. So that, that's that's what kind of weekend we had. We're just printing the people money because that's what we do. And at the top of the show, I mentioned I was jacked up, and I, that I would explain why in a second. So. I write down our picks every week on this notepad that I have. And <laughs> last week, I accidentally wrote it down on my work notepad. Because basically, all I do at work every day is run around and take notes for the stuff they want me to write. And instead of the uh, the personal staples notepad, that was on the work notepad. So my uh, our picks from last week were sitting on our desk. And so how do I know the results of our picks, you ask? Well, I did the whole – I think I did this one other time this year – so I had to go back and re-listen to our whole podcast from last week. And in order to make the process quicker, I put it on warp speed, like the two, the two times speed that you can put on the Apple podcast or whatever. Oh, man. Which oh, wow. I think I described it the first time. It ta- We sound like Ben Shapiro on cocaine. <laughs> um, so I, I, wrote, 
I, I was, wrote through I that. I was pretty... literally going to ask you. I mean, how how I mean, how terrible is it having to listen to yourself talk? It's <laughs> awful because I already like had this like high pitched nasally voice as always. It honestly kind of sounds like Ben Shapiro, and then when you speed that shit up, it's just it's not a great look for me. But you had to do what you had to do. But terrible voice aside, I, I was jacked up like listening to us go through the board last week because it sounded like we knew what the hell we were talking about. Uh, hey, and we it was do. Like, I, mean, I know. Really it just do. got me I mean, fired up. It, we really do. What's funny is, uh, you know, we'll have, I'll have a customer come in and they're like, man, I heard you on the podcast. And I'm like, man, it, does it sound okay? Because I always worry about, uh, you know, uh, listening to myself talk. So I, uh, so I just... They're like, oh yeah, man, it's great. Y'all, y'all sound great. And I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, take your word for it. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was. It got me Here, all jacked up for this week. I, Thank you for listening. <laughs> I put, uh, I, I put it this way. I hope we put any one of the listeners that we have out there in half as good of a mood as I got in listening to us talk about the board last week. It just got me jacked up for this week. So, and maybe it was because we weren't just getting absolutely killed. You know, one the other time I had to go back and do that when I lost the picks, I think we just got blasted that week. So I'm sitting there yeah. thinking, like, as I'm listening back to us, like, idiots, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny whenever you call me every time you're like, man, we had, we got, we, it was a bad week, you know? And then, like, when you call me, he's like, hey, man, we did something good. I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's always good for the pod, for sure. I know. I wish this had happened a week before because I did go five and zero in the locks, and then I could, I guess, technically claim that I had, uh, I had not gone, uh, I had not lost a lock pick since the previous presidential administration, which sounds kind of cool, but I can't say that because <laughs> it's a week late. But uh, before we roll into the slate this week, let's. Uh, what's going on at the store? What's happening? Ole Miss. Uh, as we alluded to last week, you know, David Johnson was kind of all over this last week for the Ole Miss Spirit reporting that the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, because of Texas A&M's COVID, mostly contact tracing issues, the game was getting postponed. No Ole Miss game this week, but a uh, pretty decent slate. What's uh, what's happening at the store this weekend? Well, you know, we're, we're basically kind of getting ready for Thanksgiving. You know, uh, Thanksgiving is kind of a weird time at the meat market, but I've got plenty of turkeys. I got plenty of hams. I got plenty of uh, um, to- turkey breast. Uh, you know, just kind of basic stuff. We also got some whole ducks. I got some uh, Cornish game hens that I'm going to stuff with some crab and cornbread. Uh, we've got got some quail. So uh, you know, different stuff uh, that you can you know uh, do on Thanksgiving instead of your just traditional th- turkey. But you know, it is what it is. But yes, we have uh, those free range chick- uh, turkeys from. Uh, Choice Farms, where we get our chicken from. So, uh, if you want to get a really, really good treat, uh, uh, turkey, and treat yourself, you know, come up to the store, and we'll get you taken care of. I was about to ask that. What is the deal with that? So, you you keep a decent amount of turkeys in stock, so you can get a turkey. At, you can get your Thanksgiving turkey at LB's. Yes, for sure. Uh, so I have a uh, a smaller bird and a larger bird. Um, both are uh, Joyce Farms uh, free range products. I mean, it's you. It's a huge difference between that and a butterball. Um, I don't, you know, but whenever you're doing something or frying it or something like that, it's kind of hard to uh, spend that extra money on something that you're going to deep fry. So, what I would recommend is, you know, uh, spend the extra money and you know, smoke you a, a, a free range uh, turkey that you know saw the light of day and the uh, sun come up and uh, butterflies and that sort of thing. And uh, that's uh, 
that's what you get. You know, it's a real turkey. Absolutely. Go check him out. You heard it first here. I mean, this year has been anything but normal. Why not change up your turkey routine when it comes yeah. to Thanksgiving if you are used to the butterball? But uh, well, hell yeah. Thanksgiving yeah, coming no, around like the corner. Said, it's, it's, a big, it's a big difference. I mean, you, I mean I, uh, we, we smoked one the, last year at a friend's house, and he's like, who brought the turkey? And I'm like, man, you know, you're, you're looking at the guy that owns a meat market, so I'd hope I would bring the turkey. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't your turkey, you'd probably have an issue on your hands, right? I mean, you can't just have random shit showing up at your store. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so go check him out, LB's University Avenue. You listen to the podcast. You know the drill at this point. Let's uh, let's get into the LB's board this week. We've got a pretty good SEC slate, I, I believe. You know, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, to my knowledge. Knock on wood, the only cancellation so far. I know Arkansas and LSU sounds like it's hanging on by a thread. Hopefully everything works out there, but uh, let's roll into this thing. The first game that I see, and this is in no particular time order on Saturday, so bear with me here. Mississippi State, Georgia, I, Bulldogs versus Bulldogs. Uh, I don't really have too much of elaboration on this. It's Georgia minus 24 and a half. State continues to have kids leave. Nathan Pickering opted out of the season, a huge part of their defense. Um, I am not 100% positive. I'm actually way less than 100% positive. State may not be able to play the Egg Bowl because of the amount of scholarship players they down. They've had like 18 scholarship kids leave since the spring, and if they're like one COVID outbreak away from the Egg Bowl not happening. I hope that's not the case just for a number of different reasons, but I, they're in a bad place, and I think Georgia just smacks them. Yeah, I have, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I know JT Daniels is getting the start this, uh, this week, I think. The, guy, the kid from USC. I have not seen that, but that would actually be fascinating news and actually way more reason for me to watch this game because what does Georgia look like next year? You know, we talked ourselves into Stetson Bennett or whatever the guy's name is that probably just walked out of the Sigma Chi house at Georgia uh, for a while, and he's just not very good, and the kid behind him is not that good either. So if that's the case, I haven't seen that this week. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I haven't been in tune. That's actually way more reason for me to watch this game. What does JT Daniels look like for Georgia next year when we get into a normal year? So that's fascinating. Yeah, and another thing is like, you know, Georgia's not playing for an SEC championship, uh, an East title right now. So I mean, um, how uh, motivated are they going to be to, you know, to stomp on a uh, just a uh, bad situation for the for the uh, for the bull puppies up there and uh, start Vegas, but. Uh, you know, it is what it is, uh, but I, uh, I hope that we, uh, the, the Rebs and the uh, and, and the dogs get together on an egg bowl, but, I, you know, I'm just hoping for it. But, no, I think Georgia, I mean, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is and how bad their offense is, you know, I think uh, they'll be able to handle business just strictly because they've got more talent on each side of the ball. Agree, and I'm going to lock this. I'm going to get real aggressive out of the gates. Like, I think Georgia maybe win this by 40, and I don't mean to rub, like, state people's noses in it because we do have a few state people that listen to this podcast. I just think state's in a rough place. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of what's leading is going to be long-term, but th this feels like a, a lame duck, late, like, Houston nut 2011-type scenario, uh, at least for right now. I'm going to lock this. I think Georgia really rolls. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, if that does happen, you almost kind of question the Mike Leach hire. Yeah, agree. I mean, I'd, I'd give it another year. I'd like to see if Mike Leach can recruit some receivers. I think that's a multi-year process. But how much more? I think year three will be make or break for Mike, and I know that's not like any sort of like 
like groundbreaking assessment, which is hopefully not why you come to listen to the show. But I think he, <laughs> you're going to have the weird year with the recruiting period. Like, how much more competent are they next year? And then does he put a winning product on the field next year? Like, I think he could survive four and eight next year, depending on how it looks. But if they go two and ten and they're non-competitive, then I think he's gone and Co. and has gone with him. But if they, he's able to look competent next year, does he put a winning product on the field year three? I think is the kind of make for make or break for Leach, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I just, you know, I don't think they should have got rid of the coach they had just because, you know, they asked him to do what, what, what he was asked, you know, beat Ole Miss and go to a bowl game every year. And then, you know, you just can't raise your standards off of that. Moorhead might be the first coach ever fired and only coach ever fired by state for going 2-0 against Ole Miss. That is a good point. <laughs> yes, never even thought sure. about it like that. Let's uh, – Next one, we got the really, really dumpy game here. South Carolina, who Ole Miss, Will Muschamp, fired after Ole Miss scores 59 points on his defense last week. You knew it was probably coming at some point if South Carolina hit a free fall. I was surprised at the timing because it only encourages more opt-outs when what we really didn't think about when all this uh, contact tracing and COVID protocols thing started was the value in just having scholarship bodies to stay above the threshold. Like, you know, the more bodies you have on scholarship, obviously, I know it's an 85 deal, but like the more kids you have around, the better chance you have. And they had two more kids opt out after, uh, after it was announced that Kirby, not Kirby smart, Will Muschamp was going to be relieved of his duties. I was surprised at the timing of this. I figured it would come after the season to maybe just pretend like they labored on the decision you know, because everyone's strapped for cash and all that. But they said, screw it. They've seen enough. I don't even think Missouri is very good, but I'm going to go Mizzou minus six and a half here because I think South Carolina is a dead team walking. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, it's just uh, uh, the uh, the Twitter comments from former players, of you know, of Muschamp and everything. And I even think uh, uh, Matt Lindsay from uh, Ole Miss uh, tweeted something about him and uh, – you know, man, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a business. Uh, I don't think that uh, a fifteen million dollar buyout in the current situation of the uh, whole world we live in right now is probably a good option. But you know, it is what it is, and um, so um, you know, you can't rally the troops behind that. Um, you know, anarchy is anarchy, and uh, you know, uh, let's let's go with you on this Missouri. But I'm I'm gonna go with the lock on the Missouri on this one uh, and just try to take advantage of this situation. All right. So, yeah, I just – what a no one's turning on the television for this game at whatever the yeah, hell seek time help. is. Seek help if you, if you turn this game on. If you should – if you're – if you're – you need to be at least 12 deer, uh, beers deep and a Xanax deep and uh, be finishing up the bottle about to go to sleep and turn this game on for sure. <laughs> Good Lord, I guess you should, you should definitely be drinking a little bit before you watch this <laughs> yeah. game. Speaking of, I guess the same uh, the same could be said for our next game in this slate, and that is Arkansas at uh, LSU. So Arkansas started out as a one-point favorite in this game, and it's actually flipped to Arkansas plus two. I think Arkansas is dealing with some COVID-19 issues. Sam Pittman had a press conference on Thursday earlier on and mentioned that they were real slim for this game. They're hoping for good test results tomorrow, but they don't even know if this is going to happen. This is flipped to Arkansas plus two. I don't really care. I think LSU's a train wreck. I'm going Hogs plus two. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, supposedly there's some uh, reports from Vegas, not Fayetteville, saying that a significant player from Arkansas is uh, out. And, you know, I don't know how many significant players Arkansas has other than Felipe Frank. So, uh, and that go it, with, uh, it, it, it's him or that Traylon Burks kid, right? Because Boyd, like, is good. He's a very good back, but I think he's replaceable. Like, that would be the two that stick out to me or someone critical on defense that we never heard of. I, I, I trust Vegas on this situation. You know, I know LSU's a train wreck, and uh, the thought of uh, betting on LSU uh, right now is, um, is is something stupid. But uh, call me stupid, and I'm going to go with LSU on this. I like them. Fair enough. That's a classic trap line where it's like Vegas knows something here, and clearly they do. There's, I would advise staying away from this game if yes. you're actually wanting to wager on it because there's all kinds of COVID issues. You don't know if it's going to happen. Like something is fishy here. I would definitely advise staying away from this or yeah, at least but, not I mean, putting we're not, some. We're not trying to stay away from it, but we're just letting you know this is probably a stay away. But, you know, we're going to go yeah. a different size on this one. We bet them all here. Like, we don't do stayaways. But, like, if you're actually putting your car old hard uh, earned bankroll on this, I would not advise doing or putting a lot of it on there, I guess, is what I'm getting at at that point. Just kind of a kind of a weird field game on that one. And it doesn't get any better with the last three we have on the slate either, which is, first off, you got Alabama hosting Kentucky. Alabama's minus 30 and a half here. You know, Mac Jones, they're clicking on all cylinders. They're pretty good COVID-wise. I think Kentucky's defense is actually pretty good, and I think the pace at which Kentucky plays with will actually play well here. I don't think this is necessarily competitive, but I think 30-and-a-half is too much. Kentucky's a competent football team. I'm taking the Cats here and the huge points. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a it's a tough game because, uh, you know, uh, they, they they stuck it. Uh, they hung tight with Georgia, and, you know, but Georgia's offense is totally different from Alabama's offense. I uh, – I can see this getting ugly quick, maybe. Uh, but like you were saying, that 30-some-odd points is a big number. And if anybody can cover it, it's going to be Alabama. But uh, I, I, I like uh, Kentucky here. Let's go with the 30-some-odd uh, points and just, you know, hopefully we get a couple garbage touchdowns uh, to, uh, to Marty Mabuse that thing. Yeah, unless Kentucky is having COVID problems, and I know Terry Wilson has been banged up, but I don't think their quarterback really matters that much. Like, if they're somewhat healthy defensively, I mean, you know, 30-7 to 7 covers this. 38-14 covers this. I'm a, I'm a little shocked at this number. I guess if you had – and I say shocked. I mean, if it was Kentucky, like, plus 27.5, that would feel about right. But going over the four-touchdown threshold by, you know, almost a four, you know, four touchdowns and a field goal – that's uh, that's really where that got me. Like, if this were Alabama minus twenty-seven and a half, I'd probably take the tide. But something about that thirty, the thirty bomb is really tripping me up here. I uh, I really like Kentucky in that spot. I won't lock it just because, uh, lock it yeah. plus thirty. Well, I mean, like it's an interesting be, exercise, it, but I mean, it le- it easily can be a uh, you know, fifty-five to ten game or forty-five to ten game. You know, I mean, that's just. I guess uh, if you're look, looking to bet Alabama, that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, sure. So I don't, uh, I don't really know, you know, not a huge feel for that, but I, I do. Th- I like Kentucky in that spot. I think yeah. that uh, too many I think points. That game too, many points. too many speaking points. Speaking of speaking of too many points, I don't think we're going to say that about this one. Uh, Vanderbilt, poor things are hosting Florida. Vander Florida is minus thirty-one and a half as a road favorite. 
at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, obviously. Vanderbilt is apparently finally letting parents come watch their kids. That poor kid, Ken Seals, the quarter, freshman quarterback for Vanderbilt, who's actually oh, yeah. a decent player, just has nothing around him. I actually think he's a pretty good quarterback. His parents have been having to rent a hotel room across the street yeah, to watch the game. The street, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they won't even let the families in there. I guess I never made that connection. I, what, what a bizarre thing to do. I mean, no one's going to those games anyway. Why not let the parents space out across that little shitter stadium like i said uh, we're just a weird French. world we live in you know whenever you're whenever you uh your parents can't even come and watch you play in a division one um sec football game pretty tough and i really actually respect that kid too because he's getting the, the shit kicked out of him every single week and he's actually a pretty good player and i just that would be demoralizing for your parents to follow you around and have to watch that every week that being said <laughs> I'm going to go Florida. I, I just I – mean, Vanderbilt's not – like, Florida Florida could leave their punter at home. I don't think Florida will punt in this game, and I don't think Vanderbilt's scoring 20 points to keep up with this. I'm going Florida. I, I mean, I would not lay this myself, but, like, whatever. I, I, I'm not in good faith picking Vanderbilt. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, we're, I, I, I mean Kyle Trask's numbers are very similar to a uh, – uh, some random quarterback named Joe Burrow that played uh, last year. So, uh, you know, if, uh, if if those numbers are very similar in an all-SEC uh, uh, season, uh, you know, Kyle Trask is pretty legit. So um, he's not getting the hype that he, he should be getting. I think he, uh, he should be. And, uh, you know, I, I think Florida just absolutely rolls there. So no, there's, no, there's no doubt on this. Yeah, agree. I mean, I, again, wouldn't advise playing it. The final SEC game we have this week, unless I missed one, I believe, is Tennessee and Auburn at Auburn. Auburn is minus eleven here. I think I, I don't know if something smells fishy, but I'm going the Vols here. I don't think Auburn's offense is explosive enough for that. I, I know Tennessee hasn't necessarily played good football. Ran into a COVID cancellation with A&M last week. Um, but Tennessee is not that bad, and Auburn is not that good. I like Tennessee here. If you'll remember in 2018, Jeremy Pruitt was having a brutal first year as the Tennessee head coach, and they kind of pulled things together and and really beat the hell out of Auburn in the second half in this game in Auburn, and that was really kind of a uh, program-defined, I say program-defining, a really foundational-type win for Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee at that point, you know, they go on to have the terrible start to 2019 and finish really strong. But that 2018 game, you saw a lot of improvement from Garantano. That was a big spot for them. I think they're going to recreate the magic here. I, uh, I I really like Tennessee in this spot. I don't think Auburn's 11 points better than really hardly anyone in the Southeastern Conference, uh, much less a team as that's competent enough as Tennessee. There's too much talent on Tennessee on the defensive side of the football. I'll lock the Vols here. I'll use two locks on the SEC games this week. Screw it. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I, I can't agree with anything that you just said there. I mean, Tennessee is hot garbage. Uh, I mean, I, I think Jared Tyler, Hell yeah, uh, we're finally disagreeing. Lay it on me. <laughs> yeah, and actually I'm going to go ahead and lock up Auburn on this because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, I mean, this is just what's so awkward about it because, you know, Auburn's defense is actually pretty decent. I mean, I know that uh, Pruitt's had two – is this his second year? Third. Third year. And, you know, his third year, he needs to be, you know, 
in a little bit better situation than he was. Uh, I mean, they lost to Arkansas the other. I mean, that was a. I, I don't know. I mean, I think all that was the last time they played. I think too. I th- yeah, that's two weeks ago, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I just, I, I just think Auburn will be able to put at least thirty-five points on the board. I don't trust uh, Tennessee to put um, twenty-eight on the board. So, um, with that being said, uh, I, I like Auburn a lot here, and uh, I'd actually, I'm going to take the lock on the other side for sure. Hell yeah, that might be the most contentious lock dispute we've had since we started this show. Oh, so yeah. we'll, we'll be tuned into that one, buddy. I'll have to shoot you a couple of text messages. <laughs> Hey, I have no that problem. Game. I have no problem. <laughs> I uh, I love it though. I I kind of agree in one sense. So like I I really could see a scenario where Auburn just boat races them, but I just think I mean Tennessee really almost won ten games last year, and I don't think they like granted they didn't beat anyone good, but they did have some momentum, and I just really like to think in this weird year they're going to put some semblance of a strong performance together. Like, does this Arkansas game really going to be indicative of their year? Maybe it is. I could see a scenario where they roll over, but I think this is kind of a nut up game for Tennessee. I, I'm, I'm kind of like like the same sense that you think Auburn rolls them. I think like the Tennessee is going to kind of put up the uh, the kind of put up or shut up type game in terms of them being a relevant program. I think this one is important for them. So, like, our reasoning is the same. I'm just going the other way there. So, I kind of uh, – I like it. I love it. That's uh, – Yeah. I mean, you know, with the whole deal with uh, Malzahn, I mean, how he's 4-2, and two, nobody will ever know. But with that being said, he has a chance to, you know, have a pretty decent, you know, season and stick around and keep, uh, you know, collecting the paycheck. I mean, I just uh, – man, I, I think that, uh, you know, Auburn's just going to be, you know, paying for Malzahn for a hot minute whenever they realize they – need to get rid of him because he can't win, you know, big games. Okay, so that's what, before we head to the NFL, that would be my last point on that. This, I, I agree with what you're saying, but also think, like, this feels like a Gus Malzahn poops his pants game. Gus Malzahn could get to eight and two and everyone be like, okay, we'll roll into a normal year next year. But you lose to a dumpy Tennessee squad like this and everyone's like, what the hell, man? So I, uh, that would be my other reasoning for that. That would be my counter to that is this feels like a game in which Malzahn poops his pants and loses like twenty four to thirteen or some weird shit. But he definitely we'll see. looks like he poops his pants the whole time. Right. <laughs> like, he just we're, literally looks over there. Wearing the old sweater vest. Now we are uh, we're headed to the league to quote the great Mike Francesco where they uh play for pay. Which uh we'll start out here with our wake up a winner game, the game that's kicking off shortly after we record this. Seattle minus three hosting Arizona. Seattle has to have this one. They were embarrassed last week against the Rams. And to be honest, Greg, I don't think they get it. I think Seattle has a really good quarterback and would be a two and 14 football team in the NFL if they didn't have Russell Wilson. That defense is atrocious. It's Russell Wilson. It's DK Metcalf. It's Lockett and no one else. They don't run the football well. They don't protect Russell Wilson very well. If what what does Seattle do good? Like what Colin Coward made this point. What does Seattle do well? Like I, I don't I don't see it. I think Arizona wins this game outright. I'm gonna go Arizona plus three with a lock here. Actually, I'm not gonna lock it because we like it'll already have happened. That's no fun. But I'll go Arizona plus three. I think Seattle sucks. That was the, last week was the last straw for me. Yeah, I mean you know. I... Uh, I think it was what week three or four. They were uh, Russell Wilson was minus one fifty to win the MVP. Uh, man, like I said, there's a there's a uh, running back. Who's who's Seattle's running back? That's the thing about it. Since Chris Marshawn Carson, 
Yeah, and then DD DD Dallas or DJ Dallas. I've seen him on the waiver wire, and I'm like, man, do I really want to pick up that guy and start him? No. Uh, I have to agree with you on this. I mean, I like is there, you know, Arizona coming off the Hail Mary and the momentum, and uh, you know, whenever uh, Kyler Murray gets the ball, I mean, something good's going to happen. But I mean, how much uh, does Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf have to carry that offense? You know, so. Um, I have to agree with you. I, li- I like the money line here, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I do too. And like normally I wouldn't like it in this spot because I don't necessarily think Arizona is well coached. And we can get to this game in a minute. I guess is now is a good time as ever because we're on Arizona. That Hail Mary was sick last week and one of two horrible beats. So, you know, you were seven and five in the NFL. I was nine and three or whatever. And that's counting. We were both on the wrong side of the Nick Chubb debacle, which we'll save for later. I have some thoughts about that. And the Arizona minus three where they get the Hail Mary. And it was a smart football play. I get why they did it, kneeling it instead of kicking the extra point. So we had that proper week with those two horrendous beats. But what a fantastic play by Murray. Hopkins is a freak. I don't really know what Bill O'Brien's doing watching DeAndre Hopkins just will teams to victory like that. But he has to be just kind of puking. or Actually, he probably doesn't care. He hated Hopkins, and that's why he traded him for well, you know, I mean, a bag of peanuts. Uh, but well, what a what a game that was. Yeah, it was, and uh, actually, I was headed home. Um, uh, I actually worked Sunday. I'm usually off on Sunday. I, uh, I posted a uh, tweet on the old Twitter, and uh, Lane Kiffin actually retweeted it. And uh, we were actually ridiculously busy on Sunday, and uh, so I was – Driving back to uh, Tacoma, and I actually uh, had to call a buddy, and uh, was like, "Hey, I was like, man, I got this, you know, Arizona money line on this on this five game, or what's going on?" And he, and this was whenever they just intercepted him with two with three minutes to go. He's like, "Just intercepted it, just you know, get a first down, uh, use the timeouts, we got it." Well, they passed three straight passes and and kicked it back to Buffalo. And I just, you know, uh, that's just Cl- Cliff Kingsbury for you, you know. And so I thought I was I was done. But, you know, the Hail Mary uh, was answered. So end up hitting that five-gamer. That was awesome. Yeah, and you segued right into the point I was trying to make perfectly talking about that. Because, you know, in the, if you're watching that game, Arizona flips the game in the second half, has a good third quarter where they score two touchdowns and take control of the game. Because at halftime, it looked like Buffalo had it under control. They were really just running right over. I say running right over. The offense was figuratively running right over the Arizona defense. And there wasn't much they could do about it. And they had their number defensively. Arizona flips the script. They have the ball up three points driving. You had the unfortunate interception where it just kind of pops out of Larry Fitzgerald's hands where it, after it hits the ground. Like, complete dumb luck thing. I don't know if you actually saw that that pick. It was one of the worst, like, most unfortunate bounces you'll ever see. It was It was absurd. But they stopped him after that and had two other chances to ice the game away and didn't. And so that's why the only reason I would be hesitant to pick Arizona here tonight or Thursday night is because I don't think they're necessarily well-coached football team. I'm not sure on Kingsbury, really hardly at all. But um, I uh, I agree with you in that sense to where, like, I just I don't think Seattle's good. Like, Arizona yeah. could be poorly coached, but I think Seattle's a, a, a really crappy football team that's made a little prettier by the great lipstick that is Russell Wilson. But I think they suck. Well, I mean, you know, in all honesty, we'll probably wake up Friday morning and uh, Seattle wins by two touchdowns. We're like, well, I guess Seattle finally woke up or somebody poked Seattle, you know, just kind of like that Tesla stock the other day. <laughs> 
yeah, the next one we're you, going to. I don't know if you uh, if you have Tesla stock, but uh, somebody poked Tesla the other day, and uh, it uh, it went up. Hell yeah! Good for Elon Musk. He doesn't have enough money. Um, <laughs> I agree. He's. <laughs> He's really slumming it these days. The other game we got, or the next game we got coming up, was the other bad beat, the Sunday 12 o'clock slot. You've got Cleveland minus three against Philadelphia. We'll get to that game in a second. Uh, Nick Chubb, I, I would like to say a lot of terrible things about you, but I'm not going to. Did you see how this ended last week? Yeah, well, uh, I actually uh, had a, another uh, five-game parlay that um, – I thought that was uh, done and dusted whenever I had um, the uh, Washington football team plus three, and they were down 20-some-odd or whatever, whatnot. So I had uh, Cleveland minus uh, four and a half in that uh, parlay, and that was the one that I lost. And then then somebody was like, hey, did you see the end of that Browns game? I was like, no, I mean, I just, you know, I kind of had a feeling that they were going to, give up a late touchdown and, you know, win by three. And they are like, oh, no, they were going to win by more than three. But uh, I was like, oh, I, I watched it. And, you know, <clears throat> being the degenerate gambler I am, and I've seen so many bad beats uh, in this, uh, I would say, 25 years of uh, gambling on sports, uh, that, that's, that was, that, that's pretty top. That's top five. I mean, that's, that's top five. So that one's up there, right? Because you had that. What's up with Georgia running backs just absolutely screwing people's bet card? Because, you know, Gurley became famous for this. And it was one thing. He yeah, kicked and, you in uh, the nuts. Remember um, uh, the, uh, DeAndre Swift dropping that uh, pass wide Oh, over. yes. Week yeah, one, the we Lions have, have, Bears. Line. Yes, we have the Lions. That's a great call. I'd forgotten that was Swift. Yeah, yeah. it just. And, and, and dude, it's so he he goes down the side. Like you could argue it's not necessarily a bad beat because you they are trying to run out the clock and they did give up the touchdown when it was ten to nothing. It is ten seven, but he goes down the sideline and instead of sliding after he gets the first down, he runs all the way down to the one yard line and steps to the one yard line just to crush our nards one more time. It's yeah, like, I mean, what are you doing? Uh, just fall yeah. forward. I mean, did, I, did he just uh, – did he want to start trending on Twitter? I mean, dude, come on. And what what, what pisses me off about that is everyone's like, it's a smart football play. And it's like, yeah, kind of, but not really. The smart how football is it a play smart is football we, play? Exactly. The smart football play is if you're up one and you're running out the clock and you have the option to go in the end zone – don't go in the end zone because you'll go up eight with however many seconds left and give the other team a chance, right? Exactly. That's the smart football play. Going up 10 with 40 seconds left and putting the game away when you're up three is not the smart football play. I I don't care what the nerds say. The nerds could go sit in a locker. Like, I don't give a shit. I wanted to win that, and he he just killed me. I, it, yeah. God, that I mean, pissed like, me off. I, I, that was that was what's so crazy is I literally went back and and looked at it. I was like, damn man, I lost on the on the Browns, and I didn't realize what was going on because you know the the Washington football team came back from the grave and uh, pushed the bet because I I bought it up to three, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, I was speechless. I mean, you know, I, uh, it was it was pretty awkward. It was atrocious. I, anyway, and the worst part about it was that the little, the little. I'm not going to say what I want to say. The little, the guy, Chubb, after the game says he has the audacity to say that he was going to score, and then remembered when he was on the ten yard line that Baker Mayfield told him not to score and to run out of bounds. 
So he didn't, if he had run five more yards, he couldn't have even stopped his own momentum. He would have scored by exit. Just a big up yours to Nick Chubb. And why and would fantasy you owners, to Baker Mayfield? That's a great point in its own right, Greg. I don't really know, but God, I, mean, I didn't I think mean, I would like, get this heated six days later, but the, here we are. If the coach tells you to, to down it at the one, I would say down it at the one. But I, <laughs> the whole point is to play the game and to score touchdowns. And, I mean, punch that thing in, man. Come on. My voice feels hoarse, but I'm glad we got that out of the way. I feel better now. I'm well, back. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I guess that was our bad beat segment of the, of, uh, of the, of the cast. Oh, it was just brutal. I'm glad at least you saw some little bit of action on the Arizona side to where you got the money line parlay going. I'm glad that worked out for someone. I wasn't really as mad about that because, and honestly, this probably proves of just like my degenerate brain. I suck at math, but I'm good at gambling math. I kind of had an idea as soon as that Hail Mary was caught. I was like, they're not going to kick this extra point because the only thing that could affect them in this game with one second left is a return block kick to tie it, obviously, with the two-pointer. So I kind of knew in the back of my mind Arizona wasn't going to kick it. So that one didn't make me as mad, and we didn't really deserve to win that on the spread, per se. And so I wasn't as mad about that, but I saw the Chubb thing, and I was like, I want to murder this guy. So anyway, um, yeah, don't Nick Chubb, big up yours. So yeah. Moving on. I mean, you know, we're not uh, going to interview on this you on this podcast anytime soon. You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, he does not have an invite, so no, Chubb no, not invited. No, no, no free ribeye sausage for for the uh, the year for Nick Chubb. I know he listens to so Chubb, yeah. get out of here. Get um, out of here. Take a, take a nap. <laughs> the next game we have the little light in our life lately. The Atlanta Falcons, I believe, were the Falcons on a bye week last week. I believe they were. Is that right? They did not play yes. last week. Yes, they were. They've been the light of our light the last couple of weeks. They've been cover machines. They're reinvigorated. They are now, I believe this game opened at like six. They are now plus four and a half going to New Orleans against the Saints. I believe you're going to see Jameis Winston at quarterback for the Saints. Drew Brees has, you know, five crap ribs of collapsed lung. And I think someone said he got decapitated. Maybe that was the only injury I made up of all that. The rest of that is true. Um, I think this is a sucker bet, but I really do like the Falcons in this spot. I think they're playing well. I think Jameis is gonna Jameis is gonna feel like he's in a Bucks uniform again. He's like, oh, we're in a dome. We're playing the Falcons. Can't wait to throw it in the team. Throw it to the team in red and white. I think it's gonna be too much for him to handle. Um, so I, I'm gonna go Falcons here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of have to agree with you on this, and uh, I, I, you know, but I'm not gonna take it. You know, I'm a Saints fan. You know, I'm I'm hoping that uh, Jameis realizes that he's uh, in a better situation. He's actually in the first place in the division. Uh, he's taken over a uh, pretty decent offense that consists of Mike Thomas and some Alvin Kamara. And, uh, you know, I don't know it's going to be I, – I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be like a Teddy Bridgewater situation. But it is Jameis Winston. And, uh, you know, last year he put up really, really good numbers. But – you know, just you add four interceptions to every bit of his numbers and, you know, just kind of cancel itself out. Maybe Sean Payton, you know, uh, leans on running the ball, you know, kind of trying to keep uh, uh, that Atlanta offense off, who, who's kind of uh, – once uh, Atlanta got rid of, uh, what was it, Mike Smith? Isn't that, guy, isn't that what the old, old coach was? Uh, Dan Quinn. Dan, oh, yeah, well, sorry, Mike Smith, Dan Quinn, same thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, and it kind of rejuvenated with, uh, with uh, is it Morris? 
over there. Yeah, yeah, Raheem Morris, he got that Bucks job in 2008 at like 30 years old. He's actually a pretty good coach. I think they're playing good football. Atlanta yeah, could be I'll, a 6-3 I mean, team. Yeah, I have to agree with you on it. But, you know, I just can't uh, bet on the Atlanta Falcons, especially against the New Orleans Saints when I'm such a New Orleans Saints fan. So I'm going to take New Orleans and hopefully Jameis, uh, you know, uh, gets to that crab leg and uh, we get to we get to cracking. Next one, I'm not even going to need your help with Detroit. There's been a couple games that have gone offline. Can you look up the Detroit Carolina line for me, real quick? Oh, yeah. Detroit Carolina. Let's see. I'm guessing these are all COVID related issues, but keep that bad boy up because there's been about four games that have gone offline. I've uh, Vegas. Detroit is a uh, minus one and a half. Uh, how about Carolina times a thousand? And I'm locking that. I don't think Carolina is very good. They got smoked by Tampa Bay last week. That was probably a sucker bet. But I'm going to take the Detroit Lions as a road favorite against anyone with a pulse. Uh, Carolina a lock. Easy for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, my buddy Matt Patricia, you know, uh, maybe he'll trim his beard up and uh, get on a Peloton and uh, trim, trim a uh, style up. Uh, but <laughs> I, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, Carolina, I know um, I know McCaffrey's been out this year, and uh, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't take uh, Detroit as a favorite, much less on the road. So I'm going to have to agree with you on that. They, you talked about the Washington football team. They tried to choke that game away last week. They were up 24-3. to Washington probably should have won the game. Detroit got lucky late that Chase Young had a terrible roughing the passer call against Matthew Staff. I say terrible call. It was a terrible play by Chase Young, just a rookie mistake, which he admitted as much afterward, that it allowed Detroit to kick a field goal for the push and win, or excuse me, yeah, to win the, to win the game and for yeah. the push. But they should have lost to the football team last week with Alex Smith. Like, and I'm not, no disrespect to Alex Smith. He played very well, but like, come on, man. I'm not taking him on the road against Carolina. This is right. easy money. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll let you have your lot to make, you, make your record look better. <laughs> the next one we got, Houston plus two against New England. New England with the win of the week in the National Football League last week, in my opinion. They out, uh, they out Baltimore. Baltimore. They the New England has found an identity, and I think watch out for New England as they get healthier on defense. They got Gilmore back last week. The defense is pretty good, you know. At monsoon, I'm not never ready to write off Lamar Jackson yet, and all that, you know, hot take jazz. But New England is now a power running football team, and they have the horses to do it. If they get their offensive line, can you say healthy? They have Sony Michelle. They have Damian Harris. They have Rex Burkhead. They've kind of found an identity. They're taking the ball out of Cam's hands, and they're kind of, you know, running it and running it until they don't have to. And I like New England. I thought they looked great last week after really their season almost ended against the Jets on Monday Night Football. Um, the Texans' defense is horrible, and I think Belichick is good enough to confuse Watson a little bit and kind of keep him in check. I love New England here. I'm going to throw another lock on this. I think I only have, like, one left after this. I don't really give a shit. I, I'm going New England. I mean, we can here. we can do them. All, we can do them all locks, Rippy. We, I mean, uh, we, we're in charge of this uh, of this show. I mean, we can do. Them there all are locks. no rules here. <laughs> I have to agree with you, man. I, I mean, I think you know. Uh, uh, last week, uh, you know, uh, that was typical New England. Um, you know, kind of dynasty slash. You know what Bilicek has uh, established up there. And, uh, 
you know, uh, if, if he can stop uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, I promise you he can stop uh, Deshaun Watson. And, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, like, like you were saying, I'm not trying to get off the bus on Lamar Jackson, but, you know, you can't throw the football. I mean, and you got to throw the football regardless if you can run the football. But uh, I actually uh, have to agree with you on this, and I'm going to go with you on this lot too. Uh, let's lock it up. I, I like New England a lot. Yeah, I really love those last two lines, like almost too much, which is kind of frightening. But, yeah, I, I don't really have much to add on that game. The next one's kind of a gross one. Jacksonville's plus 10.5 against Pittsburgh. I think you're going to be shocked at how quickly I make this pick. I'll go Jacksonville plus 10.5. They were scrappy last week against Green Bay, and I think it's a similar game where the Steelers are not going to be interested in going down to Jacksonville for a noon kickoff and really be locked into this thing. Jake Luton looked fine. He was okay. Still don't know if I'm saying his name right. The Jacksonville Jaguars had a chance to beat the Packers last week. The Packers had to really put them away late. I think the same thing happens here. The Steelers are going to win this game, but the Steelers are way too loosey-goosey for my liking in that sense. I like Jacksonville here. Yeah, I uh, I got I watched. Uh, I was fortunate enough. To, I don't know why I watched uh, a little bit of the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess it was the only thing I could find uh, free on YouTube. But uh, you know, I, I got in on two live bets and uh, took plus ten and a half on Jacksonville, and they actually uh, fought for me. And you know, you you, you got to re- kind of record uh, reward that. But man. I think uh, it just Aaron Rodgers uh, just disinterested and everything. Pittsburgh looked good, man. I mean, I know Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow and the Bengals are the Bengals, but um, I think actually I think uh, Pittsburgh's going to roll here on this. I like Pittsburgh. Okay, I like that. That's a bold play. You're laying ten and a half on a road dog, a road favorite in an early game. I like that though. That uh, that takes some balls and some confidence. The first, uh, the first marquee late game we have this week is actually a really fascinating one. I don't know if you would call this like much watch. Te- m- excuse me, I can't talk. Must watch television, but this is a really fascinating game. Indianapolis is minus two at home against Green Bay. <laughs> Indy's defense is really good, man, and it sucks that Rivers is kind of the version of himself that he is this late in his career. He's kind of washed, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I um. Ooh, I just changed my mind three times looking at this line. I'll go Indy minus two. I think Green Bay, when they play good defenses, gets a little bit exposed. I'll actually go Indy here. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, I, I have to agree with you. I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, after seeing um, uh, Philip Rivers try to tackle that guy, that was kind of funny. Uh, but that you know, was uh, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was very casual, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, defense wins championships and, uh, you know, this Colts defense is almost kind of, uh, rumored with those old Baltimore defenses that, you know, that was kind of the reason why they won football games is they had a solid defense, regardless if, uh, Joe Flacco was the quarterback or not. So. Uh, I have to agree with you on this. I, I like the Colts. I mean, I'm going to go with you. I like the Colts. 
Yeah, I don't have a great feel for this game, to be honest. And I think Green Bay's probably overall the better football team. But you get the Colts at home, and I know home field advantage doesn't mean much. But just regular season, like this feels like a Rodgers bad attitude game where he, you know, they get, he gets, you know, they're coming off a sluggish performance against Jacksonville. This feels like where he chews someone out on the sideline and they lose. You know what I mean? Like I'm almost picking them. Like I I don't feel great with Phillip Rivers at all. But uh, this just feels like a game that Indy wins and just kind of wills themselves to victory. So we're in agreement there. The next one I'm going to need your help on, what's Washington and uh, Cincinnati? I know that game was around a point, point and a half, but it has gone offline where I'm looking. Well, let's see right quick. Um... What, what, what is it again? Washington, Cincinnati, and I don't even yeah, necessarily know if the line matters because if it's win of the, I saw, yeah, I saw it, it was right like Washington. now it's just the plus one and a half on Cincinnati. So that's what I saw earlier in the week, and I'm taking Cincinnati. I think they're much more competently run than Washington. Alex Smith is a great story. I think he's going to take comeback player of the year away from Ben Roethlisberger. But I think Roethlisberger, as much as people like to make fun of him for like all his like fake injuries and all that crap, he has done a very good job. Like he is, he's been awesome this year. And he hasn't played since 2018, and he probably is deserving of the award, but how do you not give it to Alex Smith? I don't necessarily love watching Alex Smith play football because it makes me nervous every time he gets sacked because, you know, he almost died (laughs) because of the whole leg thing. It really does just – it makes me uneasy, and I'm not one to, like, get uneasy about, like, hard hits and stuff. But, like, every time he goes down with the sack, it's like, oh, God, like, get up. Um, Fantastic story. I I want him to win games. I want him to kind of have that little silver lining moment where it's like, I came here, I came back, I got this back, I won the game. But uh, I think Burrow and the Bengals are not a bad team. I think they're in a brutal division. I think his offensive line sucks. Um, But I love Cincinnati here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard not to agree with you on this, but uh, I'm going to have to go the other way. I mean, you know, the uh, Washington, they're fighters, man. You know, that – Terry McLaurin, I like Terry McLaurin. I mean, I like uh, you were saying Alex Smith. You know, he's it, it, it's not pretty, but he gets it done. Um, I, you know, I, I just I like Ron Rivera. I think the uh, they're, they're you know trying to find their identity, and uh, they, they just need a couple uh, players here and there. I, I, I like them. I, I, I like uh, the Washington uh, football team, or whatever we're going to call them these days. Fair enough, fair enough. That game's about as big of a coin flip as you could possibly get. Yeah, the next I one we get is uh, seek help if you're watching that. You know, watch it at the about the fourth quarter. That's a red zone game at max. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the next one we got is actually an early game that I skipped over by accident. It's Baltimore minus five against my Tennessee Titans, who are the biggest frauds in the NFL. Like when one thing goes wrong offensively, they just completely internally combust, and their defense sucks. I have no feel for this game. I'm going to go Titans plus five because I think the game plan that they had last year defensively was pretty brilliant against Lamar Jackson. And I think if the Titans get up early, Lamar Jackson has kind of shown that he really is not equipped to take teams from behind. That sounded awful. Uh, Take, bring teams (laughs) back from behind. (laughs) Jesus. I got. I mean, you know. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, uh, DK Metcalf just scored a touchdown. 
So good uh, for yeah, DK, man. Up. I was just, See, just trying to change it up there, but yes, uh, yeah, you dropped it. That's that was nice. I like. Yeah, that. that's some terrible phrasing on my part. He's not. A, he's just not equipped when he has to throw. And I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if they're just not allowing him to. But when he is forced to throw the football, he has not been very good in doing so when teams know they have to throw and they're coming from behind. I'll go to Titans here plus five, but like I am down on the Titans. I think they're frauds. I think they're very fraudulent. I don't know how they got to five and oh or whatever. I think they might miss the playoffs. But um, I'm almost more down on Baltimore. Baltimore is, you know, getting healthy defensively. But if the Titans go up, I mean, it's gotten kind of simple with Lamar Jackson. If the Titans go up 14-0 at the end of, let's just say a quarter, because obviously if they go up 14-0 in like the first seven minutes or something, that doesn't really matter in terms of like clock and game management. But if they're up 14-0 or something or 10-3, you know, something like that mid-second quarter, like, Lamar is not really equipped to do that, and they haven't really taken the training wheels off of him in that sense. So I'll take the Titans plus five here, but I don't feel great about it at all. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, if the Titans get up uh, 14 nothing, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't seem like he likes to get, you know, behind, you know. <laughs> Man, I, I, I You did it again. I, I, you did it again. I messed that up. I, I messed that up. But, yes, no. Uh, he maybe just doesn't like uh, coming, you know, you know, from behind. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I like to get on top, you know, and, and early and often, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I like Tennessee here. I think this is a good trap game, and uh, you know, Baltimore's overrated, and uh, it's going to be some head scratching going on. But you know, I actually like the money line here on, on Tennessee. I think uh, Tennessee wins this game. Come back for the Lamar Jackson sex joke segments every week yeah. until the end of the season now. Sponsored by LBs. <laughs> LBs has the meat. So does Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I, you know what's so funny about those, that uh, Kiffin tweet and everything? I think somebody tweeted, it was like, it's good to see that Lane wraps his meat. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. That's, a, that's good marketing, Greg. Put that on a napkin. I mean, man, you know, I, 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 I thought. I thought the clipboard special was uh, was good, you know, two dollars off on Sundays, and um, you know, and then somebody was like, "Well, it's just it's good that Lane wraps his meat," you know. So we got uh, four more games to plow through before we get out of here. Minnesota is minus seven at home against the Dallas Cowboys. I think Andy Dalton's back this week. I know the Cowboys gave it an inspired effort against the Seahawks before their bye week. But uh, I think Minnesota's the best team in the NFL with the losing record. If you, I know that takes a second to like wrap your head around, like, oh, who's got a losing record and all that. They're good. Dal- Dalvin Cook is probably has the best MVP case for a non-quarterback. He's not going to win it. But that man is absolutely insane. They kind of ended the Bears season on Monday Night Football. Um, I hope – I know the NFC is kind of wide open. I hope Minnesota sneaks in because I think there's – they're like last year's Titans in my mind. Them and the Raiders are last year's Titans in my mind where they don't necessarily do anything particularly well but they except run the football and their defense is good enough. And I'll take Dalvin Cook any day of the week. I'll go Minnesota minus seven here. I think they're going to abuse the Cowboys' defense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, actually, I'm going to go with a lock here. I think uh, – I like Minnesota, that. That's a Minnesota good call. Minnesota is uh, come, uh, come into their own, you know. Uh, I know the Bears' defense eventually wears down, and uh, it is what it is with the Bears. But, uh, you know, uh, Minnesota's uh, kind of creeping into, like you were saying, uh, the Tennessee Titans of last year. And uh, – 
you know, that Dalvin Cook, can he can run that football, and uh, that's what you need to do in the NFL is have a decent decent defense that can, you know, play four quarters and, you know, turn around and run the ball. So uh, I, that's a formula for uh, Minnesota, uh, and I like it, and I'm going to take it on the lot for sure. Yeah, he's also just a delight to watch. I love watching Dalvin Cook run the football. I love watching Derrick Henry run the ball. You know what I mean? There's like quite a few. And Chubb's probably in there, although his running style's a little more boring. There's like two or three guys where I really just enjoy watching them run. Cook is one of them, man. He's. I'm glad he overcame. You remember he had the knee injuries early on in his career, and you're like, is this ever going to pan out for this kid? I'm glad he overcame that. He's He's a delight. I really enjoy watching him play football. And maybe I just enjoy it because it means you have to watch Kirk Cousins throw less. But I really enjoy him. He He's great. I, I think the Vikings are a dangerous team down the stretch. And honestly, if the Packers hadn't got off to such a good start, I'd go as far to say they might catch him for the division. But that's not happening now. But watch out for Minnesota if they catch a wild card. They're going to be in that, like, crappy, like, it's not the ESPN game because it always goes to the AFC team, but like the crappy mid-afternoon NFC wild card slot that first weekend. I think they're going to beat the hell out of whoever they play in there if they get in there. So just watch them there. I uh, we're both in huge agreement there. You went with the lock. The next one we have Las Vegas plus seven against Kansas City, and this game's gotten weirdly contentious. Kansas City hands, uh, or excuse me, Las Vegas hands Kansas City its only loss of the season. Earlier this year, beats him in Arrowhead. Kind of one of those fluke Mahomes games. He wasn't very good. They weren't really locked in. Um, but there's been this weird shit about the bus driver where Kansas or Vegas took a victory lap around the stadium after they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Just some real John Gruden football guy type stuff. Andy Reid apparently took exception to it. Everyone's always like now. Everyone's on the whole train of like, oh hell yeah, I love the Chiefs here. They're pissed off. I'm gonna go the Raiders. They're six and three. They're a good football team. I think the Chiefs aren't buttoned up enough to win this by two touchdowns. I'm gonna go against the grain here. I like the Raiders. You give me of them a touchdown at home, I'll take it. They're going to the playoffs. Yeah, I, you know I know that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes, and you know he might have a couple bad games, but you know he's had bad games against good football coaches and. You know, John Gruden is, you know, no slouch when it comes to uh, on this uh, sideline. So I have to agree with you on this, man. You know, I think Gruden's got something and, uh, you know, uh, he'll find a way to uh, to get this taken care of. But seven points at at the uh, Death Star or whatever they call that, uh, which I the really want to go. Yeah, I really want to go and check that out. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Let's take a trip when the world gets back to normal. Just check it out. Yeah, I have to. I, yeah, I mean, surely, uh, surely they're going to be uh, the Rebs are going to be in the uh, uh, playoffs uh, in the national championship game at that stadium in two or three years. I've, I've got a good feeling about that. <laughs> so you're going Kansas? Are you going Vegas here? Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I like Vegas. I mean, you know, I just I think uh, Gruden had, um, just has something, and you know, he's uh, he's back to his old ways. I like Vegas a lot here on this. Love it. I'm gonna need help on one last one. What's the Miami Denver line? Man, I don't think it matters. I'm taking Miami no matter what. Yeah, uh, those Dolphins are kind of, you know, I forgot what the line was on that um, for them to win the East. It, it was a pretty big chunk, so they're sneaking in there, and they're uh, they're they're uh, they're giving it a scare. That's for sure. Uh, it looks like uh, Miami's minus three and a half. 
Yeah, I'll take it. I don't think Denver's any good. I know that may yeah. be a trap line, but two is awesome, man. And they finally let him do some more things last week, and he wasn't great all the time. But like this yeah. narrative that like Tua wasn't that great, and like the two towards the end of his college career that Tua wasn't that great. Like you remember before his injury, it was would you take Tua or Lawrence if they came out in the same draft? And then Burrow just kind of rained on that parade by having the season he did it against LSU. But these guys that. I know two is a smaller guy, but these guys that are just surprised at like two is arm strength. It's like, well, you didn't watch any college football. Like if you're surprised that like two is making the throws that he did, you're just telling on yourself that a, you didn't watch college football. B your team was not in the market for a quarterback. So you didn't give a shit or C you just don't watch the sec and all three answers are fine. But like anyone questioning that, like the throws Tua can make, just didn't watch college football for the last three years, and you're telling on yourself every time you do it. I think he's awesome. I'm rolling Miami here. They're my favorite team in the NFL. I think like if if I could ditch the Titans, I would be a Dolphins fan. I think Tua is great. I think he's going to be a league MVP at some point. I'm buying all the Tua stock. Uh, I think Drew Locke sucks. Give me the Dolphins here in my final lock. Screw it. Yeah, I like. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I like the Dolphins here. Um, what, what about the, uh, the chargers and the jets? I mean, you know, <laughs> how, um, how good are the chargers at two and seven, you know, uh, minus nine and a half. <laughs> that's, that's wild. I'm not locking anything with that. That's a gross lock. We'll get, that was the, the penultimate one. We got it in a second, but I'm not touching that with a lock or anything, but yeah, no, anyway. I, like, I, I like those dolphins. I think, I mean, you know. Um, we, we, we've been on them from since week one and, uh, uh, I, I like it. And, you know, I, I don't see why they cannot roll when they go into uh, to Denver. I know it's a trap game though, but I wouldn't be surprised if Denver, you know, wins this game. But again, I, I like the dolphins here. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. I just, I, I think Denver sucks. I could not in good faith pick them. I don't trust them. Um, and I, I love rooting for Tua. So I'm going there with my last lock. And as you mentioned, the last, or one of the last three o'clock games, we kind of went out of order, but who cares? Uh, the Chargers are minus ten against the Jets, and the Jets covered for us the last time we picked them. We we went with the Jets, and they beat the uh, or they they should have beaten the Patriots and blew it. Um, I'll uh, screw it. We're breaking all our rules. We said early in the season. I'll go to the Jets here. The Chargers. Does this not feel like the Chargers giving the Jets their first win in an explicable fashion? And you're getting ten points. Screw it. I'll take the Jets. I think. Flacco starting again, a little Flacco magic. Um, I don't know if Bosa's back. I don't think Bosa's back for the Chargers. I don't really care. I feel bad for Herbert. I think he's really good. I think they should fire Anthony Lynn. I think he sucks, but uh, I'll go to the Jets here. Why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> with that being said, I, I just can't agree with you on that. You know, we're just going to have to uh, flip the coin. I, I think that Herbert's good. They've lost uh, – uh, the most one score games all year and it's just maybe bad luck but you know they, they don't get they don't get to play the Jets all the time and you know I think the Jets are really bad and uh, I actually I think uh, the Chargers are going to roll on this actually hell yeah I mean I, I can't I can't compl- I mean I can't like argue against you i just took the jets like they have not won a game this year <laughs> like I, I can't put together an argument i'm just kind of willing that into existence i think 10's yeah. maybe a little too many a little uh, flacco magic back in the day but uh i mean you know yeah, no, uh, when I, did I can't. you win that super bowl how how many decades ago was that 2011 i believe right 2011 was the flacco super bowl 
Wow, man, what a defense! It was like had. longer, honestly, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. I mean, everything feels like an eternity with this whole uh, year thing going on. And uh, man, uh, I, I, Coach Mott came in the other day and uh, got some stakes. And um, you know, as you know, they lost in the, uh, to LSU, and I think the quarterfinals or something like that and he was just like man i'm just glad it's over you know it's just like i'm i'm ready for 2020 to be over with so we can start fresh or whatever needs to be happening so but we're going to grind through it you know we're, we're, we're resilient we're going to get through this yeah i think that's everyone's attitude from a sports perspective particularly with the vaccine news which has been great that we've gotten the last little bit it's like all right let's just Let's get to the finish line here and regroup for 2021. But uh, speaking of getting to the finish line, we do have one more game, that a very juicy Monday night game that I'm actually very excited about. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, I should say, minus four at home against the Chargers. And this is a um, – let me go on a little bit of a monologue here. This is, a, to me, a kind of a, a, a proven right, Rams, game for God. The Rams. The Rams. Yeah. And yeah. so – you Wait, said the what Char- did I you say? Said the Chargers. Oh, sorry. Other yeah. LA team, the Chargers. Uh, Tampa is minus four against the Rams. And this is kind of like if you're Jared Goff and you're going to prove either who you are or who you aren't, Goff is very good against decent defenses that don't pressure him and don't send pressure. And the Bucks love to send pressure. And Goff is terrible against pressure. But at the same time, I kind of like them in this spot. I think I'm going to go the Rams here. I think the Rams plus four. I think they're a good team. I think they're probably the most complete team in that juggernaut division that is the NFC West. I um I'm gonna go Rams here. I think the go- I think golf kind of finally shows out and kind of proves that like, hey, I was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Like, I'm not complete garbage. Like the internet has written me off. As I say that, and the Bucks are gonna force five turnovers. But I uh, I like the Rams in this spot. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, uh, you know, agree with you on that because that was a very nice take and uh, it sounded really good and it was uh, right on cue. But, you know, uh, you know, the, the top, Tama Braves, uh, Tampa Bay, whatever the hell we're going to call them. Um, man, I, I, you know, Tom Brady is uh, maybe we're just going to chalk it up to him being over the hill and he's not with Belichick and Belichick, you know, uh, helps him out. I, I, I have to agree with you. I like the Rams in this and uh, I'm going to go actually against my grain in the travel day because I know that um, I usually always take the team that's traveling bet against the team that's traveling. But uh, we're going to go with the team that's traveling this time and uh, I'm going to go with this on my lock and uh we're going to go with Jared Goff. I think he gets it done, man. Hell yeah. Hell of a way to wrap up the week, dude. That was week 11 in the league where they uh, play for pay, as Mr. Francesa likes to say. What uh, It's flying by, dude. I can't believe we've done like 11 or 12 of these things. But uh, going to be an awesome slate. Great Sunday night game. Great Monday night game. Hopefully everyone enjoys it out there. Um, one more time, go check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. You heard the turkey deals earlier in the show. Go check him out for the turkeys. Uh, same time next week, huh? Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, so on Sundays we have the clipboard special. So uh, lane, tra- uh, lane train specials are $8 on Sunday. So uh, if you come Hell in, yeah. you, uh, take advantage of the clipboard special, you know, because – Lane Kiffin's, a, you know, a fucking marketing genius, you know. Sorry for the F-bomb, Mom, again. She got on to me last time about the F-bomb, but, you know, I have to uh, – I guess I have to pick and choose my F-bombs on, on the podcast, bro. 
Uh, I, I'm glad to know Ben left that in there because I pointed it out. And I was like, hey, if you want to bleep it out, Greg dropped yeah. an F-bomb at the 40-minute mark. <laughs> apparently, Greg, apparently, we're all just in don't give a shit mode. So, love that. Yeah, man. You know, it's just, uh, I, you know, just the simple thing of Lane Kiffin retweeting what we did on Sunday and, you know, a bunch of people coming in and buying the clipboard special. And it's just, it, uh, you got to take advantage. And, uh, you know, uh, Lane's done a great job with everything. And uh, glad he's in Oxford. And uh, hopefully he can stick around for a hot minute, you know. Uh, but it is what it is. And I know it's a business. But, uh, but yeah, you know, things are good at the store. Uh, we've got plenty of turkeys and plenty of ham and, you know, other things. Uh, try that Cornish game hen stuff with some crab and cornbread and, uh uh, just some, do something unique. Uh, maybe that quail stuff with a jalapeno popper, uh, but just stuff that we're going to try to do outside the box on the regular turkey. LBs to the moon. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.